as a teenager, 17, he was injured in a freak accident playing football, paralyzed. He's built an incredibly inspiring life in spite of the paralysis. He's here to tell us all about it. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Want to win great prizes in awesome contests? Who wouldn't want that? It's easy. Just sign up and subscribe for the Law Enforcement Today Radio Show email newsletter. We won't spam you. No more than two emails a week. I promise. All subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Scroll down to the sign-up area. That's letradioshow.com. Calling us from Chicago, Illinois area. We have Brian Swift on the phone. Brian is a gentleman I met on the Clubhouse drop-in social audio chat app, which is free. Look for me and follow me, John J. Wiley, at LET Radio Show. Also look for two clubs of mine, the LET Radio and Podcast, which is an offshoot of this show, and also the Podcasting 2 Radio Club. That's podcasting the number two radio club, and those are free. By the way, Brian, you got so many accomplishments. You've got such a tremendous story. I want to thank you in advance for coming on the show and talking about a very difficult topic. John, thank you. Uh, it's my pleasure. I enjoy being on Clubhouse with you and and listening to you all your experience, all your insights, and I uh, appreciate the opportunity to be a part of your show. Before we get into details, Brian was paralyzed in a freak accident. He'll talk about that. Uh, he has written a book called The Quad Father. He's host of Positive Perspective Podcast. He's also a radio show host on WJOOL Radio in the Chicago area. I believe the show's called the All Things Inspirational Show. Am I correct? You are correct, John. That's a lot to accomplish for anybody. Well, you know, one, I've been blessed, uh, and I say that with all sincerity, uh, ever since my accident, I've just been able to move forward, and it's just a path for me that I don't want to say it's easy, but the direction is easy. Um, because there's kind of like, in, you know, in my life, there's two directions, right? You can move forward or you move backwards because the minute you stop, and we all have to kind of stop and pause and take a, bre- a breath, and I don't mean that kind of stop. But the mo- minute you stop, you move backwards, and I, I just I don't have time to move backwards that often, even though we all do. We all do. And by the way, there's trauma which quite often is physical, and there's emotional, mental trauma, and in some cases, it's both. And yours, for lack of better words, and I hate that phrase, but I have, there's no other phrase that fits. Yours fits into both. It does, because going from 17 and being, you know, an in, you're independent, right? I mean, I played football, I played basketball, I played baseball. You're, you know, I worked, was going to school, You've kind of got the world by the rear end, as my dad would say. And not that life is perfect, 
but you know, in the big picture, it is. And all of a sudden, you're laying there looking up at the sky, and you can't move anything. Um, and that is not just a physical, you know, injury. You have to deal with. It. Actually, it's more of a mental injury um, if you let it be, and it's more of a mental, uh, an emotional uh, injury if you let it be. So you were you playing football, correct? Yes, it was the day after Christmas. I was out with all my friends, like I have done thousands of times. We were just at a local park playing football, playing tackle like we always did. And I was actually just running with the ball and I got tackled from behind. And it wasn't a collision. I didn't hit my head. I didn't get knocked out. I I just got tackled and I fell straight down. I didn't fall on my head. I didn't, nobody landed on my head and broke my C5, C6 spinal cord. Um, and, and it's complete, which means it's severed. So, you know, basically uh, I'm paralyzed from the neck down initially. You're 17 years old when this happened. Exactly. It was, uh, you know, I was senior year of high school. He had one semester left and on Christmas break. And, and now, um, you know, it, it, it Christ hospital and they're, you know, talking about how they deal with it, which they took a piece of bone out of my hip and fused uh, my vertebrae together. And then on to uh, RIC, which is the rehabilitation Institute of Chicago, which is now the Shirley Ryan ability lab. A lot of what I do, I have points of comparison, parts of my life where I can relate. You know, there've been times I've been hurt and it's like, Oh my goodness, this is going to be really bad. And it's, it's never as bad as I think it's going to be. But to get the news, I'm at 17, by the way, you're paralyzed and there's no coming back from this. There's no hope of you being able to regain the use of certain parts of your body. How does one deal with that kind of news? You know, I I don't think it registered at first because they, they were very straightforward and blunt in the 70s. I mean, there was no... You know, this is in the 70s, so think about what we have now compared to the 70s. Um, so there was, this is your, your statistic. I mean, they opened a book basically and said, this is a, you're a C5, C6, and you're paralyzed from the neck down. At that level, you might get, you'll probably get a little bit of arm movement left, but, the you know, you won't be able to. You know, the, your, your hands won't move. You're not going to be able to. You know, hopefully you can learn to do certain things. But, I mean, I couldn't even feed myself. Um, you know, so you are truly paralyzed. When I say paralyzed from the neck down, uh, it's paralyzed from the neck down. I mean, I couldn't feed myself. I couldn't push a wheelchair. Um, I couldn't scratch, you know, my nose. If a fly lands on you, um, it lands on you. And you couldn't really move your head because you were in this brace um, that was screwed into your head with four bolts and then strapped around your chest and back to stabilize your head. So many people talk about nowadays that, you know, the angst-filled years of being a teenager. I I look back and, yeah, I was a difficult kid at times. I wasn't a bad kid. I was mischievous and unsettled, always looking for the next thrill, those sorts of things. And, man, at 17, the highlight of my life was going out in a 1967 Pontiac GTO, a friend of mine owned, (laughs) drinking beer and going up down the strip in, in Virginia Beach, 
trying to, to get women's attention, girls' attention, which we always failed at. But that was that was the big thing in my life at 17. I can't even begin to comprehend what it's like to go through something this dramatic, this severe at 17. Anytime in your life, but at 17, man, I, I, I just can't, I can't wrap my hands around this. Yeah, you know, it's funny, uh, in a sense that I've had a lot of my friends that I'm still friends with, and I've been friends with since grammar school, that played in, were playing with me in this game because we all played together and said, you know, if it had to happen to anybody, you were probably the guy that could deal with it. Um, but none of us know if we could deal with things when they come along. But again, if it wasn't for the blessings of having a strong family and having a strong faith and having amazing friends, it's kind of my trinity of life. You know, if, if my faith, my family, my friends, um, I didn't get here alone. Nobody gets to where they're at alone. Um, there's been a lot of support and a lot of help. But, um, you know, my key was staying so busy, I almost didn't have time to think about it. And don't get me wrong, I thought about it. I had to think about it. It got in the way, you know, but I continued life as normal as possible. I, I that part I I totally understand. Many of us are dealt unfair hands, vicious things that happen, and we don't expect them. When we return to our conversation with Brian Swift, we're going to learn about what it took to deal with these injuries, to change his perspective, and the things he's doing today. And they are mind blowing, inspirational stuff. This is Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Another reason to like and follow us on Facebook, the mobile Facebook app. You can listen to the podcast there for free. So if you ever miss an episode of Law Enforcement Today Show, it's always on the mobile Facebook app. You know the one on your phone, which is free. It's easy to access the podcast and great articles, much more. By the way, feel free to send me a message. Say hello. If I can help you, let me know. That's on our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow. After a conversation with Brian Swift on the Law Enforcement Today Show, Brian is a man of many accomplishments. I met him in Clubhouse, the social audio chat app, which is free. You should check it out. Look for me and follow me, John J. Wiley. That's W-I-L-E-Y, or at L-E-T Radio Show. Also look for two clubs of mine, the L-E-T Radio and Podcast, which is an offshoot of this show, and also the Podcasting 2 Radio Club. That's Podcasting Number 2 Radio. Brian's written the book, The Quad Father. He's host of Positive Perspective Podcast. He's a radio show host on WJOL Radio in Chicago area. This show's called the All Things Inspirational Show. Uh, and when you were a teenager, there's really no polite sugarcoating this. You're playing football with friends, tackle. You uh, suffered a severe spinal injury and were left paralyzed. Correct. Correct. I mean, and it was that, I mean, I, I'm going to say it was that simple. And yet it's not that simple, but, the, the, you know, that is what it was. And now I'm laying in the hospital. Now I'm up in the rehabilitation facility. And, you know, you're with other people that are in your situation or worse. 
um, which is a, a really scary thought. And it keeps things, I guess, a bit in perspective because you're up there and you have people caring for you and you have people trying to drive you in the right direction, which is, you know, physical therapy, occupational therapy. Um, you know, you, they had, you know, classes just, you know, to keep you busy, you know, whether it be you were playing, trying to do art, you were learning how to rebrush your teeth, how to brush your hair, you know, playing checkers just to try to get your hands and arms to move. So you were busy with that um, and and just doing a lot of praying that, uh, you know, to see how far that you're, you'd come back. When you were playing football and the incident occurred, were you aware at that point that this was serious? Were you in pain? Was there? Did you notice you were hurt, or did you notice, hey, I can't move? You know, John, I I knew I broke my neck. Like I knew something. I knew it. Like I just, I'm laying there, and and I remember saying, are my legs caught under me? Because I felt like I was in like almost a fetal position. And they're like, no, Swifty, you're 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 straight out. And I was like, somebody run home and get my mom and dad. And I just knew it. I just didn't know the repercussions because they say, you know, you get a lot of swelling. And when that swelling goes down, they don't know to what degree you might get some movement back or feeling back. So at what point did you realize or how much longer did you realize in a hospital? Did you get the and I hate this term, the verdict or prognosis of what your situation was and how drastic it was? Oh, probably uh, within a week. So you're sitting there, you're in limbo for a week, thinking maybe, hopefully, praying that this will get better and you can get right. back to some sort of semblance of a normal life. Exactly. And you, you got the verdict. that That's not going to happen. Right. I mean, they, they were pretty clear on, you know, you broke it, you severed it, you're a complete injury. Uh, we don't know how much you'll get back, but at best, you know, you, you'll be able to maybe move your arms. You know, that's why you're going to therapy. They, I mean, they leave it open like we don't know, but yet we know this is the best scenario. You know, you're never going to walk again, and you're going you're gonna to need help, and you're going to need the house modified, and you're going to need an electric wheelchair, and you're going to, you know, so they throw all that at you. I, I was in a room with you in Clubhouse, and you told a story uh, about being in the hospital, and that your your attitude was not good, and your father said something that was inspiring to you. Was that a pivotal moment for you? One hundred percent. That defines that defines my journey from being seventeen to where I'm at today. And and I'll I'll keep it short, but it was it was in January because my birthday's at the end of January, and here I am thinking I'm turning eighteen and I'm sitting here. You know your 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 bowels don't work. So you're having those accidents. You, I can't even barely, you know, I can't push my chair. Um, I can't feed myself yet. I'm turning 18, like 18, you know, back in 18 was like, that, that was your free card. You know, that was you, you, kind of you're, you're stepping into more of an adulthood. And I'm sitting in the hospital. So my dad visits and I was probably in a salty mood and he comes up and sits down, takes his coat off. And within, I'm not kidding you, probably seven to 10 minutes. He just stands up, walks over, puts his overcoat on, walks back to me and says, you know what? If you're going to be in this kind of negative mood, I'm not coming up here. He goes, I'm not going to waste my time to come up here to see you in a bad mood. He goes, here it is. He goes, you 
are responsible for this family because the way you go is the way we go. You need to be smiling. You need to be up. It's your responsibility to keep this family moving forward because the way you go is the way this family will go. Took off his overcoat, sat down. We had lunch like nothing happened, and that was it. That was my dad. That that really defined how I needed to move forward. Could you imagine if someone did that nowadays and posted on social media, the cancel culture and how <laughs> they would just go ballistic? And, you know, I don't, I've never met your dad. I don't know your dad. I, I've only talked to you uh, in an audio format, but I have a vision in my mind of what kind of cat he was, and I'm impressed. Oh, he, he, I love my dad. I, he's my best friend. He is old school. I mean, I don't think I heard, I, I think the first time I heard him really tell me I, he loved me was probably when I got hurt. You know, that generation just didn't say those words. They didn't, you know, it was tough love. He was, you know, old Irish Catholic, Irish Catholic German, and he worked hard and, you know, I, taught me how to do fish, taught me how to be a man, taught me how to use tools, taught me how to hunt. Um, here's a better story real quick. We were, I, so about a month into it, I'm moving my arms. So I'm able to push myself up and down the hall. And he's like, yeah, because you're not leaving here in an electric chair. So you better, you know, work hard at pushing the chair because you're not getting an electric chair. So, you know, I worked real hard and, and now I'm able to move my arms and barely feed myself. I could barely get my hands up to my mouth. So one day he brings up my baseball gloves and four rubber balls. And he, and this is a true story. He duct tapes the baseball glove onto my hand and push and, and pulls me down the hall. And we're probably about 20 feet away. And he goes, we're going to, we're going to try to play catch. And he throws a ball and it whizzes over my head. And all of a sudden there's a nurse and, and she's, she was said something to him. And they're like, what they ended up saying was, you know, he really can't move his hand that much. And he throws another ball and it goes right off my forehead and he throws another ball and it hits me in the chest. Now there's like two or three nurses around. And they're like, you know, he, he really can't. And he's like, if he doesn't want to get hit by the ball, he'll move a ball, he'll move his glove. Wow. And, you know, the next one hit the glove. I was able to move the glove a bit. And my only goal was, is the, that ball's not going to hit me again. If I don't, even if I don't catch it, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, will this, arm and glove to go higher because I could move it side to side, but I just um, couldn't really raise it as high as I wanted uh, because of the weight of it. Just the weight of a mitt um, took my arm from like, now I could scratch my forehead, but when you put a mitt on it, that was like putting a hundred pounds on it. I'm, I'm visualizing so this picture. We're going to take a short break. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with Brian Swift. He comes from Chicago area. Brian was paralyzed in a, in a freak accident as a teenager. When we return, we're going to talk about his recuperation, his recovery, his amazing mindset, and the inspirational things he's doing today. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. A whole lot more is heading your way. We'll be right back. One of the most frequent questions we see is, where can I find great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Yes, we do. So we decided to start our own podcast network on Law Enforcement Today. That's right. You can find top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and our free app. Go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and there you'll find the LET Podcast Network. 
we'll be adding more podcasts from first responders and more. Again, to find the Law Enforcement Today podcast network, go to letradioshow.com and click on the Be Heard in our menu or download our free app today at letradioshow.com. Return conversation with Brian Swift on the Law Enforcement Today show. Brian was paralyzed in a freak accident playing football at 17. I met him in Clubhouse, the social audio chat app, which is free. Look for me and follow me, John J. Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y, at L-E-T Radio Show. Also look for two clubs of mine, the L-E-T Radio and Podcast, which is an offshoot of this show, and also the Podcasting 2 Radio Club. is podcasting number two radio club. Brian's written the book, The Quad Father. He's host of Positive Perspective Podcast. He's a radio show host on WJOL Radio, in the Chicago area, shows called the All Things Inspirational Show. Brian, before we went to break, we're talking about another great story involving your dad. You're in the rehabilitation hospital. You're getting a little bit of movement in your hand. He tapes a baseball to your hand and starts throwing rubber balls at you. I'm sitting there thinking two things. The nurses, the staff there gasping at what he's doing like oh my that one hit him in the head oh my goodness that ball hit him in the chest you know and and freaking out and rightfully so and the other thing is it's a similar time frame this the movie brian's song i'm there are very few movies that really get me that one does but for some reason your story and how you talk about your dad in the hospitals reminding me the scenes with him yes he he just this was just my dad like maybe part of it was avoidance of, you know, and he just wanted a will and thought, you know what, if I throw a ball at his head, if he wants to, he doesn't want to get hit. And and, and not that he was trying to hit me in the head. I mean, he was really trying to hit the mitt to probably make me feel better and to get my mind that I can go back and do some of the things I enjoyed doing. But that just was the way, and you're right, the the, the staff were gasping. I think the next step would have been calling you know, calling security to get him out of there. But like, I didn't think twice, you know, like I understood what he was doing. And As a he parent, knew, it, that had to be just horrifying for him. You know what? I, I didn't understand what it was like until I became a parent. A very quick story, and, Brian. And again, I don't have a point of comparison to your injuries. I, I do recall my youngest daughter, she had RSV when she was an infant. She was a newborn. And we took her to the hospital. And I'm working, and I'm still in police uniform. And her, she's having so much difficulty breathing. And her, her blood oxygen level's dropping. Everything else is going on. And part of me is just absolutely freaking out. The worst of the worst is going to happen. And remind me, I, I, I'm in police uniform. And we carried big nightsticks back then. We called them S-Pantoons in Baltimore because the way we used them. And all of a sudden, the doctor, I couldn't find the doctor. The doctor is nowhere to be found. My daughter's in distress. And I'm like, I go to this doctor's office. And I'm pounding on the door in full police uniform with my nightstick yelling at the top of my lungs, you better get out here and take care of my daughter or there's going to be blank, blank to pay. And I was at that point ready to hear them a new you know what yep because i was so afraid so i'm sitting there thinking how's your dad keeping his cool and he had to be terrified for you 
Yeah, you know, I never saw my mom and dad break down. Did they? Yes. They, you know, I know they did. Um, in front of me, wow. Um, my mom was my faith. My dad was like a rock. Um, n- never in all my years did they flail on their faith that I will have a good life. And that was my mom. She was like, you know, things happen for a reason. We don't know what the reason is. I just know you got to move forward and life can be good. Um, and that's what we did. You know, I eventually I got out of the rehab. I got out and in in pushing myself in a wheelchair. I was able to feed myself. I was able to, you know, brush my teeth. I was able to put on a shirt. Now, when I got out, I still, I can't move my hands. So I have no finger movement and I don't have, I have very little tricep movement because that's part of the paralysis and you have no balance. So, you know, you can't do a setup. So if I lean forward against a table, unless I use my hands to push myself up, I will fall flat on the table. So that's how I left the rehab. And, and to give you an idea of just moving forward, I left rehab on a Friday. I got home. I went back to high school on Monday. Like there was no sitting around feeling bad for yourself or moping. I went back to high school, the yellow bus picked me up and dropped me off at high school. And I finished high school. There was no downtime. You said your, your parents were Irish and German descent. Were they first generation, second generation? Which one was it? They, well, they're, they're the second generation here. My mom's all Irish. My dad's Irish and English. And, you know, we were very blue collar. Um, you know, we lived in a little suburb. It's called Burbank. It's right outside the city, but it's like city living. Everybody was blue collar. I was probably going to head to the pipe fitters like a lot of my dad's friends were. And that wasn't going to happen now. So now I have to take school serious because I'm, you know, first generation, you know, I'd be the first first generation to go to college if I went on to college. The reason I ask that is, you know, my grandparents were, were Irish immigrants and there is there is a mindset in my family about I hate to use this term, suck it up, buttercup. We, we all go through really, mm-hmm. really hard things, but you have two choices in life. You can find a way to build a better life or you can suffer. And really that's all it comes down to. If I'm breathing in and out, that's all the only choices I had. And everybody, by the way, was kind of like you, we were all blue collar. We're military. We're all poor. None of us had anything. And we weren't aware of the fact that we didn't have anything because that's what everybody had. That was my neighborhood. We were all in the same boat and we didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't know we didn't have anything. Why? I came home to food every day. I have clothes on my back. I went. I was going to a parochial high school, St. Lawrence, to get a good education. And, and, and my, my mom was a homemaker until all her kids got, got in school, and then she worked part-time. My dad worked two jobs most of his life. Just, I mean, you had, we had one car, I remember, at first, then two cars. Um, you know, I worked through high school in the summers to help be able to drive, to put gas in the car, to, you know, those things. So I, I'm just looking back and I, I compare it today to back then. I know that's not fair and I don't like when people do that, but there seems to be a mentality nowadays that, that I'm entitled to things. I'm supposed to have this. I need the latest new phone. I need this computer. I need this. I need internet. I need on demand. I need all this other stuff. Otherwise I'm not successful. Brian, I remember 
working summer jobs so I could afford to buy a pair of Levi jeans and Converse sneakers because they were the thing yep. back then. And if you didn't have them, you – and by, by the way, the most important moments of my life, this goes back to earlier conversations. We my first bicycle for Christmas meant freedom. When I turned mm-hmm. 18, that meant freedom. That meant yep, – right. and second was driving. But then freedom of being an adult. Now I can do all this. And you talked earlier, I'm 18 and I'm paralyzed. Right. And that freedom just was elusive. But what wasn't elusive is trying to mimic what I would be doing if I was on my feet, which was finish school. And now I wasn't going to go into the trades. So most of my friends went to college. So that summer, you know, I get out in May from high school in June I start taking a college class at the junior college. So life rolled on. My friends, twice a week, would we would walk. I would push my chair seven blocks to my old high school, and they let me work out there. So we would go up there and work out two days a week, and my friends would just grab me out of the chair, throw me on a bench. Okay, start start pushing. You know, strap the bar on me. Uh, start pulling, you know, whatever the machine was. And that year I started college. And two years later, I graduated from junior college. That's amazing. We're, we're talking with Brian Swift. And before we were to take a break, I just got to let you know, Brian is one of these, these guys that's very, very inspirational. Gone through really hard times and found a way to, I, I don't want to use the term, build the life they want or overcome, but create a great life in spite of. He is uh, written a book called The Quad Father. He's hosts a Positive Perspective podcast. He's got a radio show on WJL Radio called The All Things Inspirational Show. And he is in a wheelchair, paralyzed. When we return to the conversation, we're talking more about what it took to get from there to where he's at today and what he's doing today. Don't go anywhere. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. We'll be right back. John discovered a cool new app, and he just can't put it down because it has millions of great podcasts, including Law Enforcement Today. So now you can listen anytime, anywhere, and also chat with John. It's called Podopolo. It's free on either app store, so join John there. Follow Law Enforcement Today and DM John when you do. That's Podopolo. Download it now. Return conversation with Brian Swift on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Brian is paralyzed. I met him in the Clubhouse social audio chat app, which is free, by the way. Look for me and follow me, John J. Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y, or look for at L-E-T Radio Show. You can also look for two clubs of mine, the L-E-T Radio and Podcast, which is an offshoot of this show, and also the Podcasting 2 Radio Club. That's podcasting number two radio club brian's written a book called the quad father he's host of the positive perspective podcast and he has a radio show a radio show on wjol radio in the chicago area called the all things inspirational show now early in your life just a recap you were uh, paralyzed at 17 in a freak accident playing football with friends and then we talked about the amazing transition in the hospital stories with your dad and, and his mindset which i think is phenomenal i'd love to meet this guy However, there's so many amazing things you're doing today. And I think that part of the conversation that that we lose sight on is in spite of all these things that have happened, Brian, you've built a pretty inspiring life doing some 
pretty incredible things. A lot of people that are able-bodied, that have everything else in their life going on, uh, say they can't do or they're too afraid to, to even try. How does one go about saying, okay, I'm 17 in a wheelchair to I'm doing all these things? Well, um, you know, it's not an easy process. It's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. But I, I will tell anybody this. It is so worth it. And it is worth the effort. It is worth the pain. It is worth the journey. So fast forward, I graduated from junior college. And in the meantime, I'm enjoying life. I'm exercising in therapy every day. I'm going to college. Um, I, I, I'm dating. I, I'm dating. I you know, go out to the bars with my friends and go out to parties with my friends. And now I graduate from junior college. I go on to St. Xavier University and I get my four-year degree. And while I'm there, I learn how to drive again. So now I'm driving. So another step forward, little wins, right? They're little wins. I'm dating, great win. You're 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 driving again, another win. You're 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 I'm, now all of a sudden I'm pushing myself three miles in the wheelchair for therapy, and I'm lifting more weights. After after I graduate from St. Xavier's, this little nun at the school tells me, "Why don't you do this?" And the, the, this was something I never dreamed of. Because I'm first generation college, I go to law school, and these aren't things that people in my position do. I mean, you just not not my not my social status of blue collar, but even being in a, a quad or a plegic in a wheelchair. So I go, and three and a half years later, I graduate from DePaul College of Law. While I'm there, I meet a young girl that ends up being my wife. I, I met her not at DePaul. I met her at St. Xavier, where I used to study. And now, a couple of years later, we're married and trying to have kids, can't have kids, want a family, move fast forward. I've got three adopted kids today. I worked in corporate on Michigan Avenue. Uh, I, got, I, I worked in the law practice for a little while, then got out, and I went into just the, the corporate arena into um, training, sales management, sales. I loved it. I excelled. I, were, I mean, I, I had an office on the you know 27th floor on Michigan Avenue overlooking the lake. Um, I'm, 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 cra- I'm cracking everything I'm not supposed to be doing as a quad. I, life is moving ahead. I, I own a house. We bought a house. My wife's a school teacher, and I'm you know therapy still. I mean, that was just part of my daily routine. So that was you know I, I worked in corporate for a bunch of years, and then decided there's more than this. Um, I got out of corporate and I started doing some of the other things I wanted to do. I started a nonprofit called SOAR, Swift Outdoor Accessible Recreation. We are a 501c3 nonprofit. And what we do is help people with disabilities get back outdoors. Because getting back outdoors is, for, for me, was one of those mental health, emotional health things I did every day. So that's, that's my fast forward. In the meantime, I write my first book, which is called up, getting up is the key to life. I wrote that about five years ago. You could find all my books on Amazon. Just look under Brian Swift, S-W-I-F-T. And as I'm doing that, I'm running the, the nonprofit. In the meantime, I'm coaching. I love athletics so much. I went back and I started coaching. And I'm coaching eighth, seventh and eighth graders in football. Then I got an opportunity to coach at high school. So now I'm working and coaching at my old high school, I'm coaching freshman football and sophomore basketball, running the nonprofit, staying busy. 
I mean, I was so busy. I didn't have time to think. I mean, just it was life fast forward. For me, so that's, not spending a lot of time thinking is one of the keys. I've got to be busy because my mind, if I'm not occupied with stuff, my mind reverts to two places. One is the past. And I go over things that are traumatic, harmful, anger, all those things. And the other one's the future. And I get fearful. And it's just not a good place for me to be because uh, the present is where I need to be. And that's where I can do something about. Exactly. And and too much time is just not good, healthy because you, you nailed it, John. You, you, you revert to the past or the future. And instead of worrying about what I need to do today and tomorrow, and you've got to be so focused on that. And there's not a listener out there. I can't, t- I could tell every listener out there who their worst enemy is. Oh, my worst enemy is myself. Knowing. Without a doubt. There's- 100%. And by the way, if anybody ever treated me the way I treated myself, I'd try to bury him. I would, I would try to get rid of him. No one in my life has ever been as harsh to me as I've been. 100%. I never had a manager tell me something I didn't know. I knew it was coming. I, I, I mean, I am I'm very hard on myself. I, my family is like, take a break. Smell the roses. You know what you've done. You should appreciate it. And, I, John, I wish I could find this place of contentment. And I haven't been able to. I am full of gratitude. I am so blessed. I got three amazing kids. I've been married 32 years. No small feet. Now quads itself. don't get married. Quads don't stay married. Quads don't have families. Quads don't work in corporate quads. Don't, I mean, I can go down the list of what we we're not supposed to be able to do. I we swear my have first triathlon. We got to have you back to talk about those things because that could take up a whole show uh, in sure. and of itself. I, I want to, direct people to where they can find out more information because you got so much stuff going on. Do you have a website or websites you direct people to? Sure. They could go to soar, S-O-A-R, nonprofit.com, and they they can check out a lot about myself, a lot about what the uh, 501c3 does. They could go to Brian, B-R-I-A-N, P is in Paul, S-W-I-F-T.com, and... I have a website there that talks about a lot of the training um, I do with people, for people. I'm a John Maxwell, big John Maxwell fan certified, and they could go to John Maxwell and find me. I am on Instagram under the quad, the quad father. Uh, I'm on Facebook. And they can find me at, at Brian P. Swift. Uh, so, I'm, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Brian Swift. I've tried to keep everything simple. So they could go to any of those places to find me. I love helping people. I love, I love helping people win because we live in a world where everybody could win. That's the absolute truth. If people knew, look, you and I didn't get to where we're at without working hard. I don't want people to think that, hey, you can grab a microphone at a store, you can plug it in, and all of a sudden you're super successful. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of learning that goes on. Oh, yeah to get to the level you want to be, but it's just, everybody's got to get started somewhere. You made a conscious decision that in spite of all these things, in spite of being paralyzed, I'm going to make a life for myself. And I got to congratulate you on being married for all these years successful. I got to congratulate you on your books, 
your nonprofit, your your Positive Perspective podcast, your radio show on WJOL in Chicago area, the All Things Inspirational Show. You really are an inspiring character, and, and people can find you and listen to you and talk with you in Clubhouse, which I think is pretty cool. People realized this app is free, and they have access to it, and they can talk to people all over the world. They'd be all over it. Thank you so much, John. Yes, and Clubhouse is an awesome place because, one, that's where you meet people like you that that reach out and help so many other people and have helped, helped teach and shared your knowledge and shared your stories. Uh, and that's what we're all there to do. I know we're in a lot of rooms together with very like-minded people, and it is an amazing forum. You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's close to being together in a room with a cold beverage as you're going to get. That's awesome. Brian, I want to thank you so much for being guest on the show. Very much appreciated. John, thank you so much for having me. I know you do so much for so many people, and to have this opportunity, I'm very blessed to have. And thank you again. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.